Hello and welcome to Get Lippy, the podcast that lifts the lid on all things beauty. I'm Carly Allman, editor of beautycrew.com.au. I'm Sally Hunwick, beauty director on Murray Clare. And I'm Bettina Tyrrell, beauty editor on InStyle Australia. Guys, before we get into today's episode, I'd love to tell a story about my dad. And I'm going to tell it because he doesn't listen. So I love a dad's story. So Come on, what's so dad done? So he can't kill me. <laughs> so my parents go for walks every weekend. Good. Which is great. Yeah, I love tick. it. Yep. And I have been hounding them about wearing sunscreen. Good mm. girl. Yeah. No, mm. like mm. they can attest to the fact that I'm a pain in the ass about this. Anyway, so I've had a frank conversation with my dad. I'm like, you wear your sunscreen, okay? I love you. Wear your sunscreen. And he was like, okay, yeah, doing it. So the other day, him and my mum were sunscreening up and then they ran out of the one that they were using. And she's like, oh, hold on, Carly gave me another one. I'll go get it. And she comes back and she hands it to him and he squirts it in his hands and he all over his face. And then my mum just packs out laughing at him. And he's like, what? And he didn't realise that he had slathered a tinted sunscreen <laughs> That's so, so it looked like he was wearing a bit of so a, looked, a base. So like, <laughs> and he was not happy with Was me. it his colour? <laughs> Thankfully Universal. it was. It looked pretty, he just looked even and glowy. No, so he was not happy with me, but I was really happy with him for wearing sunscreen. Um, so That's sorry, Dad, for telling cool. everyone your secret. I love that. Mum, don't tell there. him. His yeah. intention was there. Yeah. So now he um, he's like, I need to put on my morning makeup. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, it. anyway, let's get into this episode because it's great. As always, we would never deliver anything less than great to you guys. Never. Um, Bettina, you're going to be telling us about eyeshadow for dummies. Yes. Eyeshadow for someone who doesn't know how to approach eyeshadow, which, which was me was a little me while too. ago. It was me too. Love it. I'm going to be talking later about what to do when your nails have gone soft, brittle, and are just in the worst shape after rep- Pete gel manicures. And I think Sal- a lot of people are on that cycle. Oh, yeah, that's mm. me. Oh, it's me. I'm awful with that. And Sal, Sal's going to be telling us about some of the brands that are doing some great things for the environment, I aren't am. you, Sal? Our, our world is in a bit of a crisis, so I'm going to tell you all about the brands that are trying to help save the planet. I love that. But let's kick off with eyeshadows because I think everyone heard that and they're like, no, 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 don't move on. Do the eyeshadows. <laughs> <laughs> the live audience. Yeah, the live audience. <laughs> For a long time, I was intimidated by eyeshadows. Like Same. an eyeshadow palette would send me running. <laughs> like, <laughs> Terrifying What do things. I do with that thing? There are so many shades in there. Where do they all go? Do I use them all at once? <laughs> like, no, I get you because sometimes it's like 9, 15, 20 shades and I'm like, I don't know. And then it's- sometimes you end up just using one. Exactly. And you've yeah. got 20 other shades to yeah. go. What yeah. are you going to do? So, so tell us. So, yeah, so that was me for quite a long time until a makeup artist actually sat me down and said, look, Bettina, I'm going to show you how to do a foolproof eyeshadow look. Mm. And it was so easy. It is so really? easy. And it has changed my game. I now embrace – I love – I and I outed myself as an eyeshadow palette to, lover to you guys the other day. And you you're did. Shocked. Okay, so let me okay. get straight into it. This is a really foolproof way. And basically it's so easy that I am doing what I probably should do as a video tutorial – as an audio tutorial because <laughs> so, it's that simple. caps on. So, yeah. But, no, it's easy. It's that okay, easy. Okay. Brushes and eyeshadow at the ready. Yeah. So let's talk about one shade. You can just start with one shade. Right now it's really on trend to just put a single wash of colour across your lids and it's a really beautiful get daytime look. So where I usually start is I either take a blush and right now I'm loving the, a Tom Ford like blush. Like your face blush, in, in a, not blush yeah. the shade. A che- like a, oh. one that you put on your cheek or a bronzer. So I'm using, like I was just saying, the Tom Ford um, blush in Inhibition. Really great universal colour for cheeks and eyes. Nice. And I like to use it because that's a beautiful natural look to just pop, pop a little bit on your eyes. So what you do, 
take the tip of your ring finger and dip it into the colour. You could also use an eyeshadow, of course, but I'm just saying, try a blush or a bronzer if you've got them at mm, home. Love multitasker. Dip the tip of your ring finger into the pigment and then take it to your eye. And what's really good about using the ring finger is that when you press the product onto your eyelid, you can feel that ball, which is literally your eye, and that <laughs> is where you should be pressing the colour. So that yep. is your guide. That is where the colour goes. So you press it all on your eye. If you hit brow bone, you've gone too far. If you hit mm. brow bone, mm. you've gone too far. But if you just go past feel the crease, you've pretty much gone gently too Gently around and you will feel that that round shape, that's where your shadow goes. Step two, take an eyeshadow crease brush. So I love one from Zoeva, a brand uh, called Morph. They've got one for $9, really oh, cheap, yeah, just, really just good. just in Australia. Yeah, just mm. land in Australia, online and in Mecca. And if you want to invest, there's a really good one. Ray Morris. I was going to say. Amazing ones, but pricey, but worth it. So these brushes have like a soft tapered head. So what you do is without putting any product on the brush, you line it up to your eye socket crease and we're using a windscreen wiper motion, swipe back and forth, back and forth and back and forth. I think that's key. And this is Mm. how you blend the color and soften along the crease and Boom, done. 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 That is a really simple, beautiful eyeshadow look. If you're a little bit kind of concerned about how kind of the tail end of your eye um, Mm -hmm. looks, get a sponge or a cotton tip and just go swipe in a diagonal line and that will kind of like cut any like excess that you've gotten that you've kind of smudged In line with the bottom of your eye. Yeah, sorry, in line with the bottom lash line and swipe And that's a good point that you make about the up because if you try to smush it down. You just look tired. You're smushing the colour down and your eyes can look a bit droopy. So up to lift. Yeah. So now let's talk if you want to get a little bit creative with two shades. So for two shades, I like to use a matte shade and then a metallic shimmery shade to create a look like this. So with your matte shade, follow the steps before. So applying the colour to your eyelids with the tip of your ring finger. Then take the crease brush again and dip it into your metallic shade. Line it up with the crease on your eye. And again, windscreen wiper back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. This is with the metallic? With the metallic. Yeah. So you yep. can And you can add more product to it if you want to get some, um, get a little bit more product on there. Mm-hmm. Back and forth, back and forth. And it will blend the two colours together. And again, you're just done. And you will get better at kind of creating like the shape that suits your eye best. But that is just a really kind of foolproof, quick way to do your shadow. So that's the technique, right? Talk us through picking colors because I think that's, like we were saying before, that's where people get tripped up Mm. is how are you picking your colors? My tip is to start with neutrals. Build your confidence with safe shades. Mm. If you're unsure on which colors pair well, I recommend an eyeshadow duo like the ones from NARS that you can pick up from Mecca. The two shades are designed to be worn together. I love the duo, it's called St. Paul de Vincent, and I wear it nearly every day. It's a torpy brown, and then it's also got like a nice peachy metallic. Oh, that's and a nice combo. so beautiful. So I put that torpy brown as the base with my ring finger, and then I brush in. I love the, a torpy brown. I think it suits just about everybody. It really does. Everyone I think should that's have a torpy. Everybody. So you've got your single shade, you've got your double shade, and then if you want to dial it up a bit and take it a little bit yeah, maybe into the smoky. evening, maybe, maybe smoke it up a bit. You go your two-shade technique and then you take a darker shade. So thinking in the same colour range, so maybe for me it would be if I'm using some kind of like, you know, torpy browns, maybe like a darker brown brown or like even almost like a chocolate Chocolate. brown. Mm -hmm. So you take your pigment and an angle liner brush. So this is kind of more like a short stubby brush that has a sharp diagonal edge. Dip the brush in your shadow and starting at the middle of your eye, draw a line 
on your br- lash line? Yeah, brush. Yeah, sorry. Start at the middle point of your lash line on your top lash line and draw a line out to the edge. So you can come back and add more color and then grab your crease brush or a slightly stiffer smudge brush and then buff the color and blend along the whole eye line. But you just don't want to start at that middle point in that corner because that will make your eyes look really small. And Mm. closer together. Absolutely. So you kind of want to elongate and and kind of kind of create that almost like a cat eye effect. Mm. Start with at the middle point. If you're still stuck on choosing shades, head into Mecca or the new beauty emporium at Maya or Priceline and they have advisors and makeup artists on the floor that are trained to help you find colors and shades that match your skin tones and your hair coloring all of that. So they can take a look at you. They might ask you, you know, do you want something for an evening look? Do you want something for a daylight time look? And they will help you navigate and show you some palettes and colours that will suit you. It's a good point. Yeah, you don't have to it. suffer in silence. Absolutely. And also it's fun to experiment. Like if you're stuck in a bit of a rut, maybe you want to go and ask one of these consultants if to change it up, how to, how to look Absolutely. Different. And I can promise if you keep doing so I've probably been playing with eyeshadows now for 12 months and I'm now experimenting and playing with color like today I've got like a really metallic shimmery coral Coral. on and it's just really fun and I think it's I think we should kind of embrace um eye looks and instead of kind of falling back on a either just like a single mascara or like a cat eye I know that that's what I was doing before I could use eyeshadow so Mm. I love an eyeshadow well, I have to admit, I'm not a huge eyeshadow gal, so maybe I'll take your tips on board and you'll see a new version of yes, me. Yes, purple tomorrow, Carly. Purple and curly hair. <laughs> Who is this girl? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bettina. Up next, we have Sal talking eco-friendly beauty. Environmentally friendly beauty is set to be a huge trend and I think, girls, we're really going to circle Mm. back to this again and again in 2020 as technology allows for more eco-friendly packaging and brands really start taking it on. And the reason it's becoming a big conversation at the moment is because we are literally at crisis point when it comes to plastics in our oceans. Mm. It really is bad news out there and I've got some really sobering statistics. So, You might want a pen or you might just want to start crying. (laughs) Anyway, um, according to the ABC, there are five trillion pieces of plastic sitting on or near the ocean surface. Heartbreaking. While according to the Natural History Museum study, there is an estimated four billion microscopic plastic fibres littering every square kilometre of deep sea sediment, even in areas previously thought to be uninhabited by humans. So even where we're not. Plastic is yeah, we so were it's super scary. We were, we had an event today, and there was a there was a discussion yeah. about this, plastics and we were told the that air. there's microplastics in the air in areas that aren't very high, like heavily populated so by in forests and yeah. and at the tops of the French Alps, like yeah. you know, it's crazy. So it's at the bottom of our oceans, it's at the top of our Alps. It's There's microplastic everywhere. Another even more alarming perhaps statistic is according to a recent WWF report, nearly half of all plastic products clogging the world today were created since 2000. So only in the last 19 years we've created over half of our plastic problem. So we, uh, we're exponentially using more and more plastics as the years go on. This is insane and terrifying, but important for everyone. Yes, it's like a community surface announcement. (laughs) Each year between 4.8 and 12.7 million metric tonnes of waste plastic is entering our ocean and things are getting worse. By 2050, scientists predict that there will be more plastic than fish in the ocean. So just think about that. That's 
Scary. Okay, so these are some very sobering stats, Al. Very, very, tell very. Us, tell us what so, we can do. So if you want to do something about this, it is about us as consumers choosing brands mm. that are making a difference to the planet and the type of plastics that we're using. If you want to get involved, I've put together a list of brands that are active in this eco space. And this is by no means a definitive list. There are lots of brands out there doing good for the planet, but I have just got a few brands that we can maybe get involved and you can... Make a small change to make a big difference. Exactly. Yes. So first I thought we'd look at a few brands using ocean waste plastic and recycled plastic. Very clever. So they're taking, they're dredging it out of the ocean. They are dredging it out of the ocean and the technology has allowed us to, that we can make new plastic out of old plastic that right. is actually at the bottom of our ocean. Kevin Murphy is a big environmental activist and he's switching all of his products over to ocean waste plastic. So look out for his brand, which is they're rolling out now, should be out completely by 2020, but he's got a lot of his, he's mm. switched a lot of his brands over, which is big news. Endoda is another brand who is using ocean waste plastic and sugar cane for um, some of its new products. It's got a new product coming out called, I think it's Natural Zinc SPF, and that one will be coming out at the end of October. Wren is another brand, and it has changed its much love body wash Wren Atlantic Kelp and Magnesium Body Wash over to 100% recycled plastic. I love that body wash. I just have to interject. It's so good. I think that's a really great body wash. And now it's helping the planet. So yeah. and even use. their pump, like even their pump has is recyclable. Yeah. So and that's oh, a big thing. That's with a big the, thing with the pumps. The pumps can often be a problem in recycling. And that is a good tip if good you tip. if you are recycling your your plastics or your empties. It's just probably better to take out the pump. Yeah. Not ev- not every single part of your um, product packaging can be recycled. Exactly. So it's good to, if you're in keen on recycling, look into the bits that go in the regular bin and the ones that go mm-hmm. in recycling. Also, while we're on the topic, rinse out your empties mm. because otherwise they will go straight into the rubbish and possibly end landfill. up in landfill even if you've gone to the trouble of trying to recycle. Mm. That's another tip. Biolage Raw. This is a natural hair care brand and it uses 100% recycled plastic bottle packaging on and all of its products are 99% biodegradable. Brit brand, um, Bybee, B-Y-B-I at Sephora, very sweet brand. It's packaged its Bay Balm in a plastic-free tubes which have been made out of sugar cane. Oh, so. actually on the, the note of um, plastic-free, um, there's a lot of brands that are turning to package-free. Yes, yeah. like Lush. Lush yeah, is a great yeah. one for using no packaging no whatsoever. Packaging. Um, even like those um, shampoo and conditioner bars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Christoph Robin, he has hair balm, hair, what are they called? Like soap. Soap bar. Like it'll look like a bar of soap, yeah. but it's for your hair. So no yeah. package free. Yeah. Um, Davines is another hair care brand and it's big into environmentally friendly packaging. Their hair care brand boasts conditioner tubs that are used with minimal plastic and 100% carbon neutral. They're also designed to be repurposed. So you might want to use them after you've, after it's an empty, you might want to use it for your bobby pins or your yeah they're really you know, good for yeah. yeah they're really good they're for putting really in like sweet. cotton cotton um, ba- um, pads like or yeah they're a little storage yeah. yeah they're purposefully reusable Aveda is a pioneer of responsible packaging and, um, and being really environmental. It uses recyclable and post-consumer recycled materials. It was also one of the first brands to use wind energy to create or to manufacture all its products. I think that's a that's big thing. Impressive. And then Simple has just brought out a biodegradable wipe. 
Yeah, which I think this great. is super important. Yeah, wipes are wipes a really are. a real really big problem in terms of landfill, in terms of waste, because often they're made of um, they're blended with synthetics, which means that they can't they can't biodegrade. I think it's important to note though, and I'm I'm not exactly sure with um, the simple biodegradable wipes, but I know that sometimes you have to be careful. Just because it's biodegradable doesn't mean that you can just kind of put it in the rubbish and one day it'll yeah. just degrade itself. Some of these biodegradable um, items need actual proper compost composting. Yeah, you to could break almost them put down. this one in your compost. It's made of plant-based fibres and wood pulp. So you could right. actually put compost these ones these. in oh, your compost. compost. Yeah, interesting. And which is, you're That's right, you're right, actually better than putting it in the bin because in the bin it won't decompose. It won't decompose, no. Or you can go without face wipes altogether and go for a reusable face wipe such as Sante by Enjo. Enyo? Sante by Enyo. Sante by Enyo. Carl, you're a fan of this one, I'm a big yeah. fan of them and the face halo, big fan. Um, look, I'll admit that I got onto them not for the environmental factor, I got onto them because I like to prove people wrong. And so when they told me that I could remove makeup, all my makeup with just water, I was like, well, I'll be the judge of that. So mm-hmm. what is it? It's a microfiber like disc. Um, and it, you don't need even cleanser or anything, nope, do you? It's literally just water and you wet it. So it's like soaking wet. You squeeze out the, the moisture and then you just use it and like rub in small circular motions very gently and it 100% removes, removes makeup. makeup. It somehow sucks it up like a magnet. And then yep. you just throw it in your washing machine and wash it again? Yep, yep. Right. So um, they're reusable. And so ever since I used it and it works, and I'm, I ke- I've kept using them. And Carly, I th- I th- in fact, is in Marie Claire, this oh. this issue, oh, talking yeah. all about my reusable, reusable wipe. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm an eco-warrior, <laughs> that we is, want to call her. <laughs> that is me. I am the eco-warrior. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're, they're legit and I quite like that. Um, I did find sometimes when I was using face wipes, have you the, the feeling like when your skin feels like it's a bit it's like it's stringent here, it dries out, like, mm. you know, it's got mm. the tingle. Sometimes there's a lot of alcohol in those wipes. Yeah, I found using that the, these ones, it's just water, so it's just super gentle. So I'm a big advocate of the old uh, microfiber makeup remover. Nice. So it means I you don't have, to, don't have to chuck out wipes at all. So no. you might want to go down that option. And then yesterday we just found out about a new hair accessory brand yeah. called oh Bar None, which promises biodegradable hair ties and scrunchies, and I scrunchies. believe. And scrunchies. Which... They are plastic-free and compostable, so you can chuck them in your compost as well. I'll put all of these brands that we've been talking about today in the show notes, and there are a few others as well. Mm. There are plenty others, actually, a lot of people coming on, of brands coming on board, so I'll put them in the show notes too. So get on board, people, start recycling and look out for ocean waste plastic. If you want to know more about what you can do to save our seas, the current issue of Marie Claire with the beautiful Robin Lawley on the cover tackles all of the problems of waste plastic in our oceans and some of the things we can do to really help the problem. So make sure you go and pick up a copy. Thank you, Sal. And guys, next, I'm going to be talking about how you can come back from post-gel manicure trauma. trauma. About two years ago, I made quite a controversial decision, a life decision, which was that I was going to become a gel manicure person. Girl, you fancy. I know. know. (laughs) We're not going to hold it against you. Don't hold it against me. But the controversial part is that it's not exactly great to get back-to-back. It looks good. It looks great. It it doesn't chip. Um, But the problem is is that back-to-back gel manicures is not good for your nails Um, because I'm going every two to three weeks to get them done and I rarely take breaks. I only really take breaks when 
like my nails are basically peeling off the bed. It's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. So for anyone who is considering back-to-back gel manicures, let me tell you what's happening if you do back-to-back gel manicures. First of all, the process of getting a gel manicure removed, there's a lot of buffing and filing happening and acetone and soaking, which is weakening your nails. So each time you're going every two, three weeks, you're doing that. It doesn't really have the time to recoup in between and strengthen up. So you're layering on the damage. Um, Also, your nails can become quite dehydrated from the process. Dehydrated nails that are being weakened by things like acetone and buffing, they're prone to being brittle, to breaking. They can just be, you know when you like, have you ever like pressed on the tip of your nail and And just bends? And it bends down. So I've gotten to points where it does that when I've got a gel manicure on. Oh, Oh, because I'm seeing you pressing my nails going, but it's doing that. But with gel. Yeah, when it's doing that with a gel, with gel on there. I mean, you could use some strengthening up anyway, Regina. It shouldn't be <laughs> with nothing on. Um, but if it's happening when a gel is on, like that's not good. Your nail crisis. is too weak. It's crisis. And they start peeling and flaking. And they start peeling and flaking. And, and when so, you're talking gel, are we talking like shellac or yeah, SNS? Are we I'm, talking all so those I'm talking, I can only like talk professional to, my, gel. to professional gel. So right. a shellac or an OPI, all those other brands you've seen a nail salon, which basically they paint on it and you put your hand under the UV light. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be the same with an acrylic or a, an SNS. At the end of the day, they're all kind of. It's, it's a lot of it's to do with the removing of the, the gel. Removal. Sorry, let it? me clarify. It's not the the formula itself that's yeah. doing any damage. It's the process itself. And I'll admit that I'm every time I'm like, okay, this is time for me to take my break and go to the 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 nail salon to get it professionally removed. I'm like, oh, just one more time. Um, yeah. And then when it's I hit crisis point, you're addicted. I'm, Are you addicted? I'm addicted. I am. I'm Carly Allman, and I'm a shellac addict. <laughs> Guilty. But when my nails are basically peeling off, I'm like, okay, it's serious. Time to take a break. So I thought that I would talk because I'm, I'm, I know I'm not alone. I have a lot of friends who oh, get no. their nails on regularly. Says every, says every nail junkie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I'm not me. alone. <laughs> no, but I'm sure that there's some yeah. listeners no, who can relate to. And eat, look, even if you don't get a gel mani regularly, even if maybe you just have um, nails that are feeling a bit soft and or brittle and breaking a lot, these tips are actually quite universal. Um, but it would be you'd probably be in a more of a dire situation if you're post gel for two to three years. We've covered what's making your nails worse, not the mm-hmm. formula; it's the removal process. So, how often should you take a break? I mean, look, that varies from person to person depending on your nail strength. For me, I could take a break every six months. But I would say like, look, if you really want to maintain the health of your nails, maybe one month on, one month off. That seems like that's a, fair. Yeah, that that's a good, good balance, right? But hmm. I mean, look, listen to your nails. If they're, if they're bending and breaking and snapping and tearing, they need, they need a break. So yeah. don't ignore that. Now, what can you do and Bettina's studying her nails You need to strengthen if they were bending. So now, you're getting them taken off. What do you do to strengthen? Well, first of all, let me say, try and avoid taking off a gel manicure yourself at home by picking it off. Oh, Guilty. that's really bad. I know. Because I've done, I've done it. Well, do you know what you're actually doing to your nail is that when they start a gel manicure, there's like they, they do the base coat and that actually bonds to your nail. So if you're picking it off, you're actually, chances are you're picking off the top layer of your nail. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. So. But you get a little bit of a shiver just even thinking about it. Yes. Yes, yes, I do. Mm. 
So I my first thing would be to recommend getting it removed professionally. Sometimes they charge like five, ten dollars. Like just do it. You know what? Do it, pair it up with a a polish, a regular polish, and then you feel like you're still getting your nails done. If you don't like to just go and and get because it you need some pretty heavy duty acetone to get yeah. gels off, right? Yes, and it's soaking on your nails to like soften. So up. if you did it at home, that could be. Yeah, if you could, if you soaked it at home. I mean, look, you can do it at home, but you know, have the right acetone and the cotton wool and the. And how are you going to do your other hand with the foil? It's not easy. It's not easy. I've tried it before. It's very nice. <laughs> it's like Edward Scissorhands. You're like, how are you going to do yeah, that? <laughs> just, go, just go to the salon. Go get it done. All right. So now your nails are free. What do you do to strengthen them? So here are some things that I've done to get my nails feeling strong again. Cuticle oil is a really good one. So I like to keep one at my desk at work and just, you know, when you're just absentmindedly doing things, mm-hmm. just apply cuticle oil, massage it in the I'm cuticles. I'm always working, Carly. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe take a break, Sal. Some self-care. Self-care and cuticle, <laughs> cuticle oil. oil. So I really like, I'm sure you guys have used this as a bit of a cult product, the um, SE Apricot Oil. Yes, beautiful. So I use that one. I've got that at my desk and I just massage that in every day. When I feel like I really need to up the ante on the the strength I've used. It's a very aptly named product, actually. It's a Sally Hansen gel rehab. It's really good. Um, which you paint on at night and you like sleep in it. And like after a few days, I could really help strengthen my nails back. There are lots um, of so really good Sally Hansen so days. You do it over a few days? Yeah, I like do it for like a week. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of, you know, really brings that that strength back, oh, I find. Like it makes good. it like your nail feels like when you push on the tip, Strong. It, it's stronger. And don't you think it gives it a bit of a coating because you probably your nails are quite exposed? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Feeling like a, a bit kind of, sensitized. It's like a barrier, which yeah. is quite nice. Yeah. Another thing that I like to use when I'm taking a real big break, I don't like that feeling of naked nails because I'm mm. such a, a gel polished junkie. Addict. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't like the feeling of bare nails. I really like um there's this Revita nail one. It's pink. I'll put the product and the the link it's of all really of these good. in the show notes. I like to put that one because it's kind of like a bare manicure, mm. but it's strengthening my nails at the same time. Now, if you feel like um, topical nail strengtheners like the Revita nail or the Sally Hands, I mean, there's so many. I'll put I'll put a few suggestions in the show notes. If you feel like that's not kind of doing as much as you like, try one of those hair, skin and nail supplements. Just add it into your routine. They're not going to fix it overnight, but, you know, over a few weeks, I think you'll really find that the strength of your nails will be back in action and start the cycle again. So there you go, guys. Those are my tips for either post-gel manicure nail rehab or just, you know, general weak nails. Those are a few steps you can take to bring him back up to strength. I like it. Thanks, Carly. I'm going to go home and sort my nails out. Please do. Please Your weak do. nails. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, go rate, review, subscribe. Tell your mates. Tell them through social media, uh, carrier pigeon, email, however you like to share. Or join our Facebook group. We love mm. hearing from you guys. We love hearing all of your suggestions and... And your questions. Yeah. Well, give thanks. us questions. Thanks for listening, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.